I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic Magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special bonus episode. Cowboys Week, Shield Kapati here. I'm excited for this one. Joined by Raheem Palmer. You've heard him on the Sixers episodes on this feed. Philly zone. He's bringing the knowledge, the analytics, the gambling angles, the X's and O's. Love listening to those episodes with Chris Ryan. But what you might not know is that Raheem is a Cowboys fan. He is a Cowboys fan. You have some of these people in your life, right? They're they're Philly um, Philly through and through, but they became a Cowboys fan. So I want to hear that whole backstory. I want to hear how he feels about this team, how he feels about this game. Raheem, how we doing? Life is good. I can't complain. Um, you know, obviously I was like very disappointed as a Cowboys fan that we blew that 17-point lead to Jacksonville. I was expecting this game to actually like truly mean something and it doesn't mean anything right now. So I'm a little disappointed about that. <laughs> yeah, we were Ben and I were talking about that. We're like this game had an opportunity to have a lot of juice, you know, if it's for you're either the 1 seed or the 5 seed, it had the chance to kind of set up that way. The Cowboys decided not to show up and Trevor Lawrence cooked them and now Trevor Lawrence is the story of the NFL this week, but I got to start at the beginning. You know, how this happened. I mean, give your backstory. I know you grew up in Philly. I know you're a Sixers fan. I see a Phillies jersey in your background, uh, what happened? How did all of a sudden you're turning into a Cowboys fan? 
So I think, you know, one of the things that people like when you start watching football, when you're a kid, you kind of just you start to root for your favorite players. And, you know, back in the 90s, we didn't have Red Zone Channel. We didn't have, you know, NFL Sunday tickets. So a lot of times you would just see your hometown team and you would see teams in a division. Um, and obviously that at that time, you know, I was born in 86. So if I start watching football, you know, five, six years old 91 92 93 the cowboys are good so i'm seeing the cowboys all the time and i'm seeing you know the eagles and the eagles at the time i think randall was at the end of his life like at the end of his you know career with the eagles and you know i always tell people am i going to root for emmett smith michael irvin and troy aikman or i'm going to root for bubby brister or or Rodney Pete. <laughs> and I chose Emmett Smith and, you know, Deion Sanders in them. So um, I actually kind of regret it now just because I'm a fan of every Philadelphia team. And, you know, like during one point in my life, I was a DJ. So I actually used to DJ like a lot of Phillies. I used to DJ like a lot of like after parties. So let's just say if the Eagles won there would be an after party at the club and the Eagles would all be there. Or if the Sixers won, it'd be after party at the club and, you know, Lou Williams and Andre Iguodala would be there. So I'm like cool with Andre Iguodala and, and, and Lou Williams. And I saw the excitement when the city, when our teams won, I saw that excitement. And I kind of, reg- like, I understood that, you know, being a fan of a team is about the city more than it's about, you know, the players. And I kind of regret that. <laughs> It's a, you know it, it's not a bad explanation honestly I remember I'm uh, three years older than you now that you get I'm glad you you know finally have someone around my age I'm still old but Solak would have been like oh yeah I wasn't even born you know when uh, those guys played so th- this is nice you know we can talk peer to peer here uh, I was the same way when I was like you know the second third fourth fourth fifth grade when I was getting sports crazy it was all about the players like uh, I definitely like Troy Aikman I remember I, I was I was prepping for this pod and I was like you know what yeah I like Troy Aikman. I was trying to remember why. I think John Madden would, before the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, you know, they had a couple years they were kind of up and coming, not that first year, but he would kind of talk them up as this up and coming team. And you're right, they were always on TV. So, like, Aikman and I like Delway and uh, Montana basketball. I like Jordan and Magic, you know, just like these are the guys you're watching. They're incredible. My mom will break out the JCPenney catalog. You know, hey, you can pick, you know, one, one, one pair of sweatshirt and sweatpants for school this year or whatever. And, you know, I would just pick a random team. Like I remember I had a Hornets hoodie. I had a Suns jacket, you know, it's just like you're, you're a sports obsessed kid. And that's kind of how you go about doing it. So uh, that part I can understand. Now, as I got older, I would say like, once I got to the sixth grade, then I understood like, no, you, you gotta be a gro- You have to pick a side. Like you can't just like everybody. Yeah. And so then I'm like, all right, I hate the Cowboys. I'm in on the Eagles. I'm in the stands for, you know, they stop Emmett. They stop him again on fourth and one. And like, those are the memories you have. So listen, I, I can give you a little bit of a pass. I kind of understand it. I grew out of it. You didn't grow out of it. You stuck with the Cowboys. That's a Okay, I mean, I'll give you credit because it's been, what, 27 years, I think, since they got past the divisional round. So I remember at that time, like when we were growing up, it was like anyone who's a Cowboys fan, you're just a bandwagon fan. But you can't really make that claim anymore because they haven't done anything in a long time, right? So maybe it feels a little more comfortable to you now. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels very comfortable. And I, I just, I think we've had so many disappointments. I mean, I think we've won, like, I think we've won two playoff games since, like, 96. <laughs> um, you know, one against the Lions, and I think we won another one. Um, but it's just been all disappointments from the Cowboys. So, like, if you're sticking with the Cowboys, you're a true fan at this point. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see what happens. Maybe, you know, the, the city can get you back uh, onto the uh, onto the other side there. Uh, I don't know, though. I know when you invest that much time in one team, I, I haven't heard of anybody who just kind of switches unless there's something crazy that happens. Uh, and you're just, you know, like if you were like a Commanders fan and you're like, I'm not dealing with Daniel Snyder anymore or the team moves or something, that's understandable. But other than that, uh, I get it. You kind of stick with um, what you have there. So let's turn the page to this team, the 2022, uh, Cowboys. You mentioned it blew the game last week to the Jaguars still in pretty good shape. I mean, they're among what the three teams, if you just look at the odds coming out of the NFC, who's going to get to the Super Bowl? They're right there with the Niners, uh, and the Eagles. How are you feeling, uh, about this team as we go into this, uh, this Christmas Eve showdown and their chances of kind of advancing farther than they have in a long time? This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I mean, I don't feel really good about this team right now. I, I think, you know, when you look at their metrics, obviously they're, they're first in DVOA on defense, um, you know, first against the pass, six against the rush. Um, you know, all the metrics say this team is one of the best teams in the league, but I'm just not buying it at this point. And I think what we've seen from this team since the bye is that this team has just been disappointing. Um, you know, they come out of the bye and, you know, they're up 14 on the Packers. They lose that game. Now, obviously, they blow out a Minnesota Vikings team. But, you know, they played the Giants close, who I believe is just completely overrated. And, you know, people are going to look at the box score that Indianapolis Colts game where it was like 54-19. But going into the fourth, it was 21-19. That was a, a, a game. And then they struggled against the Houston Texans. And, you know, they blew that 17-point lead against the Jaguars. So since the bye, this team just hasn't been impressive. And we've had, you know, some serious injuries. I mean, we, we, we lost, you know, two of our corners. I mean, like... When you lose Anthony Brown, when you lose Jordan Lewis. Um, and, you know, last week was telling for me because one of the strengths of this team was supposed to be the pass rush with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. And you expect a team with the dominant pass rush, if they're up 17, the pass rush has got to put that away. And that didn't happen. And you got Dak Prescott who's thrown, you know, 11, 12 interceptions. I think he's thrown 12 interceptions since he's come back from an injury. So if you can't trust Dak Prescott not to turn the ball away and our defense can't, you know, seal up a 17-point lead, I just don't trust this team going into the playoffs at all. 
Yeah, it's hard. It's a part of it. It's like the ebbs and flows of an NFL season. It's like most of the time you have a stretch there where you don't feel great about your team, but you kind of try to zoom out, look at the big picture, look at the metrics, like you said, and be like, all right, they're still um, in pretty good shape. But I think a couple of things you mentioned would be most concerning to me if I were a Cowboys fan. And one is the injuries in the secondary. Like there are a couple spots in the NFL where you don't want to have like multiple guys go down you know everybody has one guy but like corner you know offensive tackle like those can just kind of debilitate your destroy your entire season if a couple of guys go down and so I'm a little curious about is that defense still going to be a top three unit or is it going to be like a you know a top 10 unit because there's a big difference between those two things with kind of the guys they have playing corner uh, now going forward and that that's a big storyline going in to this Eagles game is it game is it going to be Kelvin Joseph at that uh, other outside corner spot like that that guy is going to get attacked with Trayvon Diggs on one side. Whoever's on the other side is going to get attacked. So I think that's definitely going to be a big deal. Uh, it, it's funny. You look at, I was looking at some of the metrics when they just have Dak on the field and you look at like EPA per play and success rate, their offense is really comparable to what the Eagles have done this season. Like it's a top five offense by those metrics. You're right. It hasn't always felt that way. It's felt a little uneven and they've had these, these bad moments where they haven't come through, but on the whole, like they're still still that upside there I think with their offense where are you with Dak specifically because like if you're you know into like film Twitter and like you know uh, the, the people who really grind the film on Dak Prescott and, and the quarterbacks like a lot of people love Dak Prescott they're just like this is an old school he makes the checks at the line of scrimmage he operates from the pocket he goes through his progressions like it, it's teaching tape for quarterbacks um, but then there's the other side of it like you said he has turned the ball over uh, a little bit as a fan like how much confidence do you have him going down the stretch here? Um, I think a big part of, you know, Dak's struggles is the fact that we traded Amari Cooper for nothing. Um, we just don't have... Doesn't get talked about enough. You're right about that. Yeah, I just think, you know, without Amari... Like, Amari Cooper opened up so much offense. I mean, f for that offense right now. And it's just like, you look at what we have right now. To me, our only reliable receiver right now is C.D. Lamb. Um, and you saw it last week. Michael Gallup was wide open. I mean, Dak put the ball right on his hands and Gallup dropped it into a pick six. So it's just we don't have a ton of wide receiving options. And I think Dak is really pressing um, because I don't think a lot of these guys can truly get separation. Um, and, you know, like they've been reluctant to use Pollard as much as they should i mean in the rushing game i mean yeah. zeke is you know what i like to call larry home status flabby and sick at this point <laughs> so it's just <laughs> it's like it's it's kind of just frustrating watching this offense because it's, i always feel like we're pressing and then i also think um we're always like we're aggressive to a fault at times um and it doesn't always work out for us so it's just i'm i'm having a hard time like, I know the metrics say that the, the Cowboys offense is on the level of, you know, an Eagles or a Bills or a Dolphins, but I'm, I'm just not buying it. Yeah, I mean, Pollard, like if you're – I always like to put, put yourself in the seat of like the other team's fans. I mean, if you're playing the Cowboys and they're handing the ball off to Zeke, you're like, okay – We'll take that. You hear they're handing the ball off to Pollard. You're like, oh God, is he going to break a 25 yard run here? Because he has been so explosive and such a big play back that I'm with you. I mean, they pay Zeke all that money, and so he's healthy. You still give him the ball. I don't think he's been terrible. I think he's been okay. He can still kind of grind it out uh, between the tackles there. And I remember even that first 
game against the Eagles, watching the film and being like, all right, he's running pretty well uh, here, actually. But Pollard is the guy who you're afraid of if you're kind of the other team's defensive coordinator or the other team's fans. Yeah, that Cooper thing, I mean, when you look at the way they handled it, right, it leaked that, like, they're going to release Amari Cooper. And so that was the first thing you heard about it. And so now every team's going, all right, we don't need to give up a lot for Amari Cooper. They're going to release him. And then the Browns end up getting him for nothing. And he's been a good player. And he was a good player there. And I remember the argument at the time was, well, do you want to pay Amari Cooper $20 million? Well, look at what's happened with wide receiver salaries since then. I mean, Christian Kirk got $18 million a year. And then the, the really good wide receivers are getting up, uh, you know, 22, 23, 24 million dollars per year and so uh to not even you know it's one thing to trade a guy and you're saying let's maximize compensation and we'll really get something for him it's not working out here we don't want to pay him that much but that wasn't the case there I mean they got nothing for him they basically gave him away they made their offense worse and honestly it's pretty impressive that the numbers have been as good as they are with this Cowboys offense uh when they haven't had him at wide receiver all right the, the other guy you know the Eagles fans listening to this would say how have you not asked Raheem about Mike McCarthy yet come on let's get to the uh good stuff how do you feel about Mike McCarthy here I have to imagine there's a segment of Cowboys fans that's probably going let's go ahead and just uh, screw this year let's get rid of him let's bring someone else in and look ahead to 2023 I don't know if you fall in that category or if you're maybe I definitely I, I mean that bad lay off him I, without a doubt, fall in that category. And, you know, I came into this year just thinking that, you know, one of my one of the biggest bets um, a lot of sharp bettors made was the Cowboys under 10 and a half wins. Um, we came into this year, um, obviously, Tyron Smith got banged up. So we're thinking that, you know, this Cowboys offense wasn't really going to be good. Um, we didn't expect the Cowboys defense to be as good as solid as it was and we all don't have a ton of respect for Mike McCarthy so for this Cowboys team to already have 10 wins was like rather shocking and you know for large parts of this year I just thought I'm like damn like we really overperformed we have a shot to compete with the Eagles and the 49ers and you know now I'm seeing it's not that so I'm kind of hoping that the Cowboys just fizzle out um and you know Sean Payton is out there so I mean the one thing we can see with New Orleans right now is that there's been a major drop off from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen. Um, and I think if, you know, we if we just fizzle out, you know, we're a first round exit in the playoffs. We lose in the wild card round to, you know, say Tampa Bay as, as bad as Tampa Bay has been. I think Sean Payton's yeah. our next coach. So I would love to see that happen. <laughs> I'm curious to see what it will, will kind of take, you know, because. Jerry Jones has this reputation as kind of, the, you know, a Steinbrenner type, like impulsive owner, but that hasn't always necessarily been the case. I mean, remember Jason Garrett, how long Jason Garrett lasted there? Like you look back at that now and go, how was he there for so many years when they were consistently underachieving? And so I think these NFL owners, a lot of times they want, especially a guy like Jerry Jones, he wants someone who's going to kind of know his role. And, you know, he doesn't have to battle Mike McCarthy like Mike McCarthy knows who's making the final call on stuff, and it's not going to be him. It's going to be uh, the owner. And just kind of like a likable, you know, you can go to lunch with M Mike McCarthy and probably uh, have a good time. They can have a couple of drinks together and probably have a good time, maybe hit the, hit the golf court, you know, like the stuff that owners sometimes want in a head coach. So, like, when you mentioned that, that would be really interesting. Like, if they miss the playoffs, that's not – I mean, that's not going to happen. At, at yeah, I mean, point. yeah, they, I mean, they, clinched, take, they clinched the playoffs yeah. with um, the that's Giants. That's right, they already clinched. Yeah, with the Giants went yeah. over to – um the commanders i was about to I'm about to call them the redskins it's just i have yeah. it but yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. They already clinched. So it's like you're already in the playoffs. If you lose in the first round, is that enough to make a head coaching change? You know, if you win two games, then you know he's staying. If you win zero games, what's the case? If you make the divisional round, is that enough for you to say, bring it back? So uh, we're going to see what happens there. But yeah, Sean Payton's out there. He's looming. I expect him to just do more and more interviews as the uh, weeks go on and look at which opening he's going to want the most because he's been pretty transparent that he wants to get back uh, in the league here. So we'll see what happens there. For this, I mean, you don't sound that positive, Raheem. I mean, still listen, it's still a good team. I, I have a list of, you know, five teams that can win the Super Bowl. I've got the Cowboys on that list or five or six teams that could win the Super Bowl. I mean, Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, I think in the NFC and then Bills, Bengals and Chiefs in the AFC. Those are kind of the six teams I'm looking at. Uh, you don't, you don't feel, sound like you're uh, you're on board there or is this just like a coping mechanism to kind of lower expectations and then see what happens? No, I, I, honestly, I just, I don't, I don't see this team <laughs> winning a, a, a championship. I, I just don't see us like, honestly, when you struggle against the Houston Texans and I know the Chiefs struggle last week but they had some some injuries but they, they struggled against the houston texans this is the team which is 20th in the epa per play on defense you know um the jacksonville jaguars 22nd in EP, epa per play on defense it, it's just these are games in which like to me like they should have dominated the texans um they need it for the like it took the last possession of that game for them to win that game um and i know it's the nfl where anything can happen but to come back after that game and blow a 17 point lead i I just i'm not buying that this team can put it all together and when you look at the injuries in the secondary um you look at the the lack of wide receiving weapons you look at the fact that Dak prescott can't stop turning the ball over i don't know how that changes I, i just I don't, and I'm just not high on Mike McCarthy as a coach. I think, you know, if he if, if he if we run up against the Eagles or we run up against the 49ers, I just think those teams are just a step a step above of us. And I, I think at this point, when you look at the rest of the NFC, like wow, like you look at the rest of the NFC playoff picture, I don't know if there's a team who, like, we lost to the Bucks this year. The Bucks are bad, like. I don't know if there's a gimme game out there. I know we blew out the Minnesota Vikings, who were like very overrated. But I don't know if there's a game to where it's just like, you know what? I know the Cowboys are going to win that game. Yeah, no, it's uh, listen. I hear you. And what do you think about this weekend? There, they got the Eagles. We Ben and I gave our uh, predictions here. Christmas Eve. 4.30, the country watching, everybody, you know, ignoring their families and watching football uh, during the holidays here. How are you feeling about uh, the Cowboys this weekend in this game? I think the line came down to four and a half, I want to say. I think it was six earlier in the week, and yeah, now it's four. Wow, it continues to come down. The line is now four Cowboys by four. What do you think happens in this game? So for me, my model for this game actually makes, I mean, if you're looking at full strength, I make the Cowboys about two point favorites in this game. Um, that's what my motto is with both teams at full strength. However, uh, we all know the the elephant in the room is that Jalen Hurts is not playing in this game. So that changes things. I mean, Jalen Hurts is mobile. Um, you're looking at a guy who, I mean, is probably the, the 2022 MVP right now. And, you know, in that first game, he was just 15 to 25, 155 yards um, with two touchdowns. And, you know, a lot of that was turnovers. Um, but, I mean, he still rushed for nine. I mean, 
a lot of the Eagles benefit from a ton of turnovers. And, you know, that that was a game in which I bet pretty big. I had the Eagles. Um, I had about 30, 33 grand on that game, <laughs> on the Eagles in that game. Um, yeah, I was like, at the time, I was like staying at the Cosmopolitan in Vegas. Um, and I just was out there. I was out there for months at a time. So I bet the Eagles pretty big in that game. Um, and, you know, coming into the, like, after I watched that game, I was impressed with the fight that the Cowboys showed. And I felt like if Cooper Rush wasn't in that game, Dak probably wins it. I mean, and, and when you look at what the Cowboys have done historically against the Eagles, um, the Cowboys have mostly dominated. So I was looking at this spot as a spot in which I wanted to take the Cowboys. Um, however, with you know, with Jalen Hurts out and the way that the Cowboys have been trending downward, I actually gave out a recommendation for the Eagles money line. Um, I, I, we recorded the East Coast Bias show, I'd say, on Tuesday. Um, and since then, that, that that number has actually come down just because I think the market has overreacted from the move from Jalen Hurts to Gartner Minshew. I mean, when you look at Gartner Minshew, I know he played in that, that week 18 game last year where the Cowboys blew out the Eagles, but the Eagles didn't play any of their starters. Um, um, when I look at Gardner Minshew, I think he's a, a, a competent and capable quarterback. Um, you, you look at the last five times the Eagles have started a backup quarterback, um, they've won that game. You know, Minshew, he beat the Jets last year, um, and, you know, he, pr- he played pretty well. So I'm looking at a game where I think the Eagles can possibly win this game outright. I'm going to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah. Ben, ben and I both picked the uh, the Eagles to win tight games. We didn't share our picks with each other beforehand. We kind of saw it the same way you did that. You know, they, they've got such a strong supporting cast with their offensive line, with their wide receivers, with their defensive line, uh, with their cornerbacks going against the Cowboys team that's sort of banged up uh, at corner, some uncertainty on their offensive line. I think the Eagles have the coaching edge. So we'll see. Maybe we'll all be wrong and the Cowboys will blow them out and it won't be a contest. I have to circle back because for listeners who don't know kind of, you know, your uh, what you do, they're going to go, wait, did this dude just say he bet 33 grand on a random uh, Eagles-Cowboys game in week six? So give a little background for those people listening right now who are going, wait, what, what is going on here? Yeah, so, um, you know, Bill actually brought me over from, I used to work at the Action Network, um, but I was a professional sports better, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm basically on the Ringer Gambling Podcast every week with myself, um, John Jaskrimski, House, Austin Gale, Warren Sharp, um, you know, we all do the Ringer Gambling Show, so I am a professional sports better. I'm betting a lot smaller right now, because I'm kind of on a, <laughs> a, a tough run in NBA right now, so I'm betting a lot smaller right now, but, you know, to start the NFL season, I was, like, doing pretty well, and I was, like, really high on the Eagles. I just thought that was a great spot, so yeah, I had 33000 yeah. on the Eagles to win, like, thirty grand or so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Cliff wanted me to make sure I asked you, like, like your your boys, your friends, your family, where, like, are some of them in with you? Like, are they Cowboys fans also, or do they give you crap all the time? Like, what are you doing, man? Come on, cut, so come on I over have, and make a change. I actually have about four friends who are Cowboys fans. Uh, <laughs> so Philly, it's, Philly people. Yeah, I, I mean, it's okay. just Cowboys. I think, you know, the Cowboys were America's team, so... And I just think, especially with our age group, you know, with, you know, just no one having NFL Sunday ticket, a lot of people grew up the same way, loving the triplets, you know, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, um, Troy Aikman. And then when Deion Sanders came, it was like 
you know, really rampant. So I just think when you have those type of stars, it's just it's easy to attract fans. And then, you know, most people pick a, a, a team when they're, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. And then they just don't, yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't change teams. So um, I know Niners fans from, you know, when I was, <laughs> when Steve Young and, and Jerry Rice were like going right. crazy. Um, but, you know, yeah, I want to, I kind of want to get back to this team. game. You know, the, 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 yeah. the Eagle, I mean, the Cowboys, you know, their, their run metrics say that they're, you know, a, great at stopping the run, but I think they give up the ninth most, most rushing yards. And I think, you know, my, I think the Eagles, like, I mean, last week they didn't run the ball at all. Um, but I think if the Eagles commit towards running the ball, I think Miles Sanders could really have a big day. Um, and, you know, I, I expect, you know, AJ Brown to have a big day receiving same with Devonte Smith. I just think, you know, the Eagles supporting cast is just so good. Um, you know, this is really <laughs> a Super Bowl caliber roster. Um, you know, I think when I look when I looked at that first game on early rushes, the Eagles had a forty seven percent success rate. They got a, a twenty they got, you know, first downs on twenty percent of those plays. So I, I think the yeah. Eagles should be able to run the ball here. Um I just I'm I I think that number coming down is the right move. Um and it's at four and a half now because I, I just felt like the market was like truly overvaluing the difference between Minshew and and, and Hurt. So I think this is a close game either way. Yeah, I, I think the Eagles game plan, you said it. I mean, they don't have Hurts involved uh, in the run game, assuming that it's going to be Minshew. So you got to change things up. It's not going to be the, you know, the option runs, the designed quarterback runs, but they should still be able to run the football, especially if Leighton Vander Esch, now the linebacker for the Cowboys, is out. You know, I think he really helped their uh, run defense. You're right. Yeah, they're 10th. The Cowboys in uh, rush defense DVOA. It doesn't feel like that when you watch them. It feels like you can run the football on them a little bit. So uh, I would expect the Eagles to run the ball. I think you're going to see screens early, slow down that pass rush. Say you're not just going to be able to tee off on Gardner Minshew. I think you're going to see Get the ball out quickly. Don't let Micah Parsons ruin the game. I mean, that was their game plan the first time around. It was like, we're just going to read Micah Parsons. We're going to leave him unblocked. We're going to put him in conflict so that he's not just teeing off on the quarterback. You can't do that in exactly the same way without Jalen Hurts, but you can still run the RPOs. You can use the screens. You can get the ball out quickly. So I think that's still – that's got to be the focus every – team when they face the Cowboys is don't let Micah Parsons ruin the game. I mean, it's the same against Aaron Donald. It's the same against Miles Garrett. You know, there's probably like five to eight defensive players in the NFL that you go up against them and you're just saying, don't let that guy ruin the game. And I think that'll be the Eagles game plan coming into this. Yeah. And you know, the one, the one great thing for the Eagles is that I think Dallas Goddard is back. Um, and I think one game with Minshew yeah. has six targets, 105 yards, two touchdowns. So I think that's huge for the Eagles um, if Goddard is out there. I've got Eagles uh, 24, Cowboys 23. Do you want to go on record with the score? What's your, Are you saying Eagles are going to win the money line? Are you saying Eagles plus four? How, what's, your, uh, what's your kind of official take on how this game plays out? I'm gonna go Eagles in a higher scoring game. I don't have like, okay. Let's go. Let's go twenty-seven, twenty-four Eagles, or you know, 20, twenty-seven, okay. tw- twenty-one Eagles, something like that. <laughs> 
Okay, here you go. Raheem's got the Eagles winning this game. We will see what happens. I had before I let you go, I got to get you on uh, two things. One is uh, Ben Solek has had a couple controversial takes that I need your uh, opinion on. One is that jeans are bad. He he, he says he doesn't own a pair of jeans. Jeans are bad. They're uncomfortable. They're hard. Get rid of them. I need to know your take on that. And then he sets the thermostat. You were saying you were at the uh, Cosmopolitan in Vega. I think it's always interesting when you go in a hotel room. What do you set that thermostat to? You know, do you, I like it cold when I sleep, but otherwise I'll probably leave it around 68. He says he puts his home thermostat at 60 degrees. Have you heard of anyone uh, doing that other than, uh, you know, unless you can't afford the, the bill to put that at 60 degrees? So I need your take on at those two. At 60 things. degrees? Um, yo. <laughs> That is like, like I would be freezing. I would have to have like multiple hoodies on. Like I, I can't do it. I like, I like. Here's the thing. I, I actually have my, I have an air conditioner in my window right now, um, and it's still winter. I like it. I like it chilly, but I don't like it cold. I like it chilly just because I don't like, I don't like to be hot because I can always put clothes on, but I can't make myself unhot. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, like, I probably set it to about, um, you know, 60, 60, 65 or so like that. Like, I just, you know, yeah, somewhere in the reasonable. middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, but as far as his jeans take, I kind of agree with him. I don't like jeans. I have, I mean, I, I think I have to buy jeans because if I go somewhere, if I, if I go to a nightclub or something like that, or, you know, I'm hanging out, I, I got to have something nice. Um, but for the most part, I don't like wearing jeans. I think, you know, the pandemic has changed all of our lifestyles. Um, <laughs> I like to wear like active gear and, you know, basketball shorts and, you know, just stuff yeah. that I feel comfortable in. That's right. Hey, that's what I got on uh, right now. And then, of course, you're doing the Sixer shows for us. I, t- I told Cliff, once this Eagle season is over and I can focus on every game, I'm going to be jumping on with you and Chris Ryan to get off some Sixers takes. My general take at this point uh, in the season, again, I usually have them on like a second screen or something. I'm not focusing in on every possession like you guys are. They've won five in a row. You know, they're, they're certainly playing better now. They're the five seed, I think, uh, in the Eastern Conference. Do you find them like enjoyable? Like I, I have this take that like sports fandom is not about can your team just win the title, especially for basketball. It's like on a on a Tuesday in January they're playing the Charlotte Hornets. Do I want to sit down and give them two and a half hours of my time? And I, again, we were we're around the same age, so the Iverson era that was a yes every night. Yeah, I, I want. I'm watching this game. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be entertained. I don't find this team and kind of this era of Sixers basketball as enjoyable, as entertaining. I wonder if you agree or or disagree with that. Yo, I'm so glad you said this because I've been having the same argument with people for years. <laughs> I do not like this process era. It is not enjoyable. And it's not in like, – I don't know if it's in B or – but I always tell people this. One of my favorite Sixers teams was the Doug Collins era. With Andre Iguodala and Lou Williams. Thaddeus Young, Drew Holiday. Yeah, like in yes. Drew Holiday, you just knew that every <laughs> single night, and they were o- overmatched against you know some of the top teams in the league. But yeah. if they were playing the Oklahoma City Thunder with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, you knew that they were going to be extremely competitive and had a chance to win that game. And I feel like when I watched the Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, James Harden era, there's nights where they just don't show up to the arena. And that's frustrating for me. Like, so, you know, you look at last year's game between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers, where 
you know, they just traded for James Harden. It's a big rivalry game between, you know, James Harden. And I know he doesn't like Kyrie Irving, so he requested a trade out of there. Ben Simmons obviously didn't play. The Sixers didn't show up for the arena. And it's just like I see that so often in this era that it makes them less enjoyable for me. So I 100% agree with you, and I'm so glad you said it because I – like. Everybody I say this to, they're like, yeah, we have championship upside. And it's just like, yeah. who cares about the championship upside if we're just not going to show up some nights? We're the only two people who think this way. I already know we're going to get crushed for it. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed watching that those Doug Collins teams uh, too, which is kind of like, all right, they're scrappy, they play hard. And a lot of it has to do with expectations. Like right now with this group, the expectation is – like get to the finals, at least get to the Eastern Conference finals. Like anything short of that, the season is a mess. It's a disaster. You came up short again. And so sometimes it's fun to uh, root for the teams that don't have high expectations. And then they make the playoffs and you're like, oh, all right. And that was kind of fun. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe it'll become a little. I, I know people, I know you're listening right now going, this is a horrible take shield. What are you talking about? You and Raheem are nuts. This is ridiculous. Uh, I'm with you. Like 99% of the people in my life uh, feel that way. You're the only one I think. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I just think we put so me. much, we put so much <laughs> eff- emphasis on championships. And you know, granted, a championship it, it means a lot, but yeah, only one team wins the championship every single year. And for the most part, I want to like this is sports is entertainment. At the end of the day, yes. I want to be able to, to enjoy my team playing basketball every night i want to be able to enjoy that and if i can't enjoy that you know that like what am i doing investing this much time into a team so like i i 100 agree with you i mean i love joel and b i think yeah. one of my things is that i just kind of wish we had a better team around him you know because i i think he's going to eventually get to a point to where i could see him saying you know what i want to trade um you know, and, and some of it is just, you know, bad luck with Ben Simmons, you know, not not really working out. But I think the biggest the biggest thing that we did wrong was with, that we let Jimmy Butler walk, like letting Jim, Jimmy Butler walk. We basically chose Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler, which I, I mean, I can understand. But the fact that we let, you know, Jimmy Butler walk, I think that's that may be the thing that pushed Joel and beat out of the door eventually if we don't get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, MB's playing great, no doubt about it. And, like, I know there are people who marvel, you know, at what a man his size can do every night. And, and I do. I mean, you can't argue uh, with the numbers. The 2000, uh, 2001 Sixers are, like, my favorite team of all time. And, I mean, it was Iverson and a bunch of guys who couldn't really play, you know. But it was still like, all right, this is, this is enjoyable for me to watch. Everybody knows their role. They play hard. They play great defense. So it's just a, it's a different uh, type of team. And, yeah, you might be right. Like, if it was MB, if it was sort of that type of team, and it's a different era, don't get me wrong, but if it was like Embiid and a bunch of guys who kind of knew their role and, you know, none of them, you didn't have that second superstar, but it kind of all worked together, I wonder maybe uh, I would enjoy the experience more. But if I were a GM, you know, I absolutely am making that Ben Simmons for James Harden trade. So I can't. Uh, and I, I also don't, I do not, that. I do not like Glenn Rivers. I, I, I refuse oh, to call no, him yeah, Doc. Come on. Yeah. I, I'm not I like a fan that. of Glenn. Zoom off. And, yeah. at all <laughs> like so it's just yeah. it's like it's only one dot and his, his name is julius Irvin, and it's just like for me yeah. like the glenn hire was just it broke my heart because I, I i was like one of those guys who you know when when the clippers had signed Kawhi leonard and paul george i just said it wasn't going to work um and 
when they got Tyron Lue, I was like really high on the Clippers. And I just think there's a difference between a guy who, you know, to me, Doc Rivers, he's 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 lived off his reputation in, in Boston with the big three and, and Tom Dibble in that defense. And he really hasn't done much since, despite having, you know, he's coached the most Hall of Famers out of any coach in history. So I just, I'm hoping we can get rid of him at some point. <laughs> I heard you doing that on the uh, Sixers episode, and I'm like, I'm going to adopt that too. You know, Mark Zumoff used to do that when Glenn Rivers was on the other teams coming in during the broadcast. He would say the same thing. There's only one Doc. And then when Rivers became the Sixers coach, I think he's like, all right, I'll just call him Doc. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's the thing. You look at this and you're like, what's the best case scenario for this team if they get in a playoff series against the Celtics or the Bucks, and you're going into that series with James Harden and Glenn Rivers, as you put it, I mean, honestly, what are your expectations for what the outcome is going to be for that series? So that's why I just can't get there. The ceiling's higher, but uh, I can't quite get there. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Once the decision was made, bring him back, and you're just kind of running it back, adding some complimentary pieces. I'm like, we'll see. Now, listen, maybe they win. We're we're taping this before they play the Pistons. Maybe they kill the Pistons, win six in a row. Maybe you're a Sixers fan listening and saying, what are these guys talking about? The vibes are good. They're going in the right direction, but I'm glad I found like a soulmate in Raheem who kind of feels the same way I do about sports fandom, entertaining, and this Sixers team. All right, Ryan, this has been awesome. We're going to pod together more uh, in the future. It's going to be a lot of fun. What do you have to plug? I know you mentioned the Ringer uh, Gambling Show. Where else can people find your work? I mean, you can find me at the Ringer Gambling Show. Um, I mean, that's mostly what I'm doing, but you guys can find me right here on the Philly Festival feed. So that's right. we have more coming up with the um, the Sixers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the Phillies, too. I mean, we got Trey Turner. I do wish we'd get some pitching in there because I think that's one of our major yeah. issues. But, I mean, between the Ringer yeah. Special um, um, and between the Ringer Gambling Show and the Philly Special, you can find me here. So always a pleasure. Yeah, I'm ready for I'm back all the way into baseball. I can't wait for baseball season to start. I think they're going to fit that description we had. I think they're going to be fun night tonight. I think it's going to be a party at Citizens Bank Park every night. Uh, I think it's going to be a likable team. So hopefully uh, they come through for us there. All right, thank you to Raheem for joining me. If you're looking for our usual uh, sort of late you know, midweek show, Solak and I already did that. You got 90 minutes of talk breaking down the Eagles film, the Jalen Hurts injury, and this Eagles-Cowboys game, so check that out. Check out Chris and Raheem talking about the Sixers. The feed's on fire right now. I mean, you're getting something pretty much every, uh, every day this week. I love it. Uh, happy Hanukkah to everyone who celebrates. I'll be back Saturday night with EJ Smith of the Inquire. We're going to let Ben enjoy uh, Christmas Eve. EJ Smith will join me from the Inquire to recap Eagles Cowboys. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, everyone have a great rest of the week. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special.